In this episode, I discuss the flight fight state, what it's for, and how to climb out of it. My hope is that you get some clarity on welcoming or discharging your own, actually welcoming and discharging your own flight fight energy so you can get a bit more unstuck starting today. My name is Justin Sinceri. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist that thinks the world needs a new understanding of mental health. Welcome to Stuck Not Broken. This podcast is not therapy, nor is it intended to be a replacement for therapy. This is a question I got from somebody on Instagram. I'm going to call them Chris. Um, I'm going to basically treat this as a caricature. I have no idea who Chris is, what their life is like besides what they put here, but I'm going to try and address this. Uh, generally, this is not specific life advice for you, dear listener, or for Chris or any of our fellow stuck nuts. So I'm going to first read the entire letter and then break these down into topics, including what are flight and fight, uh, what's the benefit of flight, and then how to move up, also story follow state, and then how to move up from fight into flight. So let's go, start off with the letter here first. It says, hi, Justin, I have a question for you. I will explain it with a personal... Now, you may have noticed um, so far, there's no praise, and that's okay. Now, do I need to be praised in every message that I get? Yeah, I kind of do, but I'm going to look past this one. It's okay. Um, I'm going to look past it. It's not, a, it's not a big deal. Do I need to be praised? Yeah. Do I like to be praised? Yes. Does my um, well-being hinge on it? Yeah, kind of, but I'll be all right. So it says, hi, Justin, I have a question for you. I will explain it with a personal experience, but I mean it in a general way. Perfect. They say, how do you climb up from anger? So it seems like the highest I've ever gotten was the fight state with a dash of safety just recently. And it was amazing. It made me feel on top of the world. Because of all the fight energy, I kept trying new things and I felt like I was the... I did realize with a LOL emoji. I did realize it wasn't a calm, warm, balanced state. Very aware that it was full of fight energy, but at the same time, a huge, in all capital letters, huge improvement compared to the shutdown and freeze I'm in most of the time. Now, something that happened in therapy made me lose that dash of safety, and all I was left with was the dark side of fight, anger, irritation, frustration, disgust. And from there on, I started falling back down. I love that, Chris, that you you get that, that there is a sense of fight that when we have it with safety, it's a different experience than without safety. And that in the fight state, without safety, it becomes something different. You call it the dark side of fight. We're on the same page here. I wouldn't call it the dark side. It is, it is what it is. I'm going to talk about that later, but I completely get what you're saying. But I think it is helpful to kind of frame it as with safety, active at the same time, it kind of becomes something different or it does become something different. Not kind of, it does. So that is where my question comes from. How do you move up from fight slash anger instead of back down? And another question that comes with that, what is flight really? I have never understood that state very well, so maybe I don't even really know where to go next before I can get to safe and social. I don't understand how you can want to run away after you've been in fight and how that is actually better than fighting. Because I'm in fight right now, flight sounds like a coward. It sounds like less good than fight instead of better. But going from fight straight to safe and social seems like an impossibly big step indeed. So maybe understanding flight better might give me the answer to the main question. All of that just to illustrate where my questions come from. 
How do you go up from fight instead of down? And what is flight really like? And how is it better than fight? I would greatly appreciate your wisdom. Oh, that counts as, there you go. I got some praise. All right. I would greatly appreciate your wisdom on these two questions slash states. Thank you with a uh, praying hands emoji. Okay. I got the, I got, see, now I feel fulfilled. I feel grounded. I feel like I'm loved and wanted. Thank you so much for the praise. Now, if you have a question of your own fellow stuck now to your listener, feel free to email me, uh, justinlmft at gmail.com. No, I don't need praise. I'm just messing around. Uh, but yeah, feel free to email me. I love getting questions. This one's an old one. Uh, my goal right now is to complete my next course. It's called Unstucking Defensive States. Once that's done, I really want to kind of go hard on uh, more content creation. That really includes answering more questions. So I hope to ramp this up very soon. Anyhow, so let's get to the the, que- uh, the answers here to these really good questions. Uh, the first one here is basically what are what are flight and fight? What, what, what are we talking about here? I want to break these things down. There, there was a lot in that message. I want to break them down into pieces. First, so the first one is, what are flights and fight? These are rungs on the polyvagal ladder. Uh, it's a metaphor. Uh, the polyvagal ladder is a metaphor for how our autonomic nervous system is built in our, or evolved in our body. At the top of it is a safe and social state. In the middle are flight and fight. At the bottom is the shutdown state. Now, flight and fight are the same state. They're both sympathetic, but they actually occur sequentially. It's flight and then fight. So if you can't be safe, you run away, basically. If you can't run away, then you fight or you, you use aggression. If you cannot use aggression, then you shut down entirely. So it's you go down the ladder in that order, and flight and fight are in that order. It's flight, then fight. Now, flight and fight are two kind of behavioral sets of the same state. It's mobility. It's it's the sympathetic states. It's, it's being mobile. Okay, both of these require, both the flight and fight require mobilization. These are, that's a lot different than shutdown, which is obviously immobilization in the safe and social state by itself. Doesn't necessarily require mobilization, but it can use it. It can also use immobilization. And both of these, flight and fight, have an adaptive functional behavior for survival, which I already kind of laid out. If you can't be safe, if you can't be with someone who's safe or in a safe context, then the body accesses its uh, sympathetic state for flight to escape that situation. If you can't escape, then the body uses its fight behaviors to become aggressive in order to get that uh, danger to back off, to create space. If you have no idea what I'm talking about with polyvagal theory, listen to episodes 101 through 109 of this podcast. Uh, it's a free you know, uh, masterclass basically in polyvagal theory. Um, if that's not enough for you and you want more, I have Polyvagal 101 on my website, justinlmft.com. Less time, less confusion. It's got v- exclusive video in there. There are some handouts, P- uh, PDF handouts. It's a deep dive into the polyvagal theory in less time, really clearly organized. Uh, and there's also some webinars that you can be a part of as well. So check justinlmft.com. So, so far, that's what we have. Flight and fight are just, they're... It's the same state, the sympathetic state with different behavioral sets right in the middle of the polyvagal ladder. If you can't be safe, you run away or fight, you run away, then fight. And then if you can't run away or fight, then you shut down and immobilize. That's what flight and fight are. So let's kind of get that in our mind before we move on to the next part here. So the next part here is why would I flight 
after a fight. So why would I run away after I fight? Why would I uh, run away at all? Especially if I'm in a fight state, how does running away make sense whatsoever? So this is where we have to get really specific and kind of shed our thoughts about um, any sort of like romantic ideas about how wonderful human beings are and how awesome it is to fight instead of run away. We have to get rid of those judgments for a moment. So think of these polyvagal states as survival mechanisms because that's what they are. These states, these autonomic shifts happen in order to increase the chances of survival. That's it. There is no other value to it. That's really it. Any judgments that we have about what these states look like or how we should do them or how we shouldn't do them, like it, it doesn't matter right now. For the purpose of this, we need to understand this first and foremost as survival mechanisms. Okay, that, that's it. These are a biological response. These are a biological imperative in order to survive. All, as far as I know, all organisms move toward resources for survival, for reproduction, for connection, and we move away from things that um, would be a hindrance to that. We move away from potential dangers. The organism moves away from danger in flight. In flight in particular, the organism moves away from danger. There, there, again, there's no value to this, and I, I want to you know, stress that a lot or stress that heavily. There, there's no value to this. It is what it is. The organism moves away from danger in flight. Human beings, we tend to place value on it. We kind of like in, in this, um, this message, Chris said, flight sounds like a coward. It sounds like less good than fight instead of better. This is a human thing. We, we have these words in our brain and these judgments, and we have judgments about how um, tough or strong we should be. A great white shark um, does not shame itself as it swims away from an orca or a school of orcas. You know, the, uh, what are those things called? Those, uh, those black and white fish. <laughs> Those like big dolphin things. Killer whales. Wow. The great white shark, when it is swimming away from maybe uh, a killer whale or, or two or three or however many it takes, because they, they can actually hunt great white sharks. If it has to evade that, if it has to get away from there, it doesn't shame itself for, for not fighting back. It doesn't shame itself for escaping or trying to escape. Humans do, though. Humans do. And with polyvagal theory, we know about this thing called, this concept called with this concept of story follow state, where the thoughts in our brain follow the state of our autonomic nervous system, that we have first our, our autonomic state, and then that influences the, the words in our brain, really the flavor of our thoughts. So if we're in a fight state, then our thoughts are gonna be more shaming, potentially blaming, aggressive, it's going gonna, it's gonna to color our thoughts. It's going to flavor our thoughts. If we're in a shutdown state, our thoughts are going to be more hopeless, uh, going to express low worth or low motivation. It's going to match our, our state. Now, the question here, though, is um, a little bit more specific because it's asking when we go up the ladder from shutdown into fight and we become aggressive, why would we escape? What's the function of escape? So the point of fight is to encroach upon space and then basically to get the danger to, to back off. We want to create space by actually getting closer to it in a sense. 
and then we use our upper body. We use uh, punching or uh, we use throwing or pushing or you know whatever. We, we use the upper body to get the danger to back off. The point of fight is not to like pummel the danger into the ground and stand over it and beat your chest and you know feel like you're dominating. Like that's actually more probably of a rage thing. So fight as you come up the ladder is about getting the danger to back off. Think about it this way. Think about like uh, just a really easy example, uh, like a gazelle that has been attacked by a lion. The lion has, you know, jumped on it, subdued it. Now the lion is worn out. It's because it had to sprint after the gazelle. It's worn out. It doesn't have the energy to actually eat it quite yet. So just, you know, lays next to it, guarding it maybe, and, um, you know, breathing and catching its breath. So while the lion's doing that, maybe some hyenas come along and distract the lion. The lion now has to protect its kill. And the gazelle is, has an opportunity to come out of shutdown. Let's say the gazelle, by the way, I didn't say this, but the gazelle's not dead. It's just in shutdown. It's, it's fainted or it's collapsed or it's immobilized. So while the lion and the hyenas are distracting each other, the gazelle has an opportunity to come out of shutdown and to use its fight state. Now, a gazelle's not going to throw punches, obviously. But what it might do is push up off the ground using its uh, its legs, right? So it's going to use its power, its um, its muscles to push off the ground. Maybe, I don't know if gazelles like swing their head around or something like that. But it might do something that uh, could be, you know, more physically aggressive in order to create a bit more space if it needs to. But it's not going to like hang around and beat up the lion. It's, it's going to use its legs to run away and get back to its gazelle buddies and reconnect and be in a safe and social state. So similar with, you know, with, with human beings, if we're in situations where we have to or we can, we might come out of shutdown and use our fight energy in order to create space and then run away. We may uh, also, if we can't be safe, we can't run away, we may drop down to fight and become more aggressive and get that danger to back off so that we can then use our flight energy and escape to safety and, and hopefully get back to people that, um, that we can reconnect with and, uh, and whatnot. When it comes to hunting, maybe there is some more of a sense of uh, conquering and uh, maybe not, I don't know, maybe dominance, uh, but power. There, there might be more of a sense of that and you're not going to run away from something you just killed, right? But this is different. This is self-defense and I, I don't think it would be the same thing. So when it comes to fight, we're not looking to like completely dominate the the danger. We're looking to get it to back off so that we can then Escape. That's that's the the basic idea of how how it's evolved within within uh, within us. And I, I've often found, actually, I do find in, in therapy that as my clients climb their ladder, that out of shutdown into fight, um, we want it to feel like power. We want it to have that safety attached to it. We want it to feel like power and responsibility and motivation. That's what we want. And then if we can do that, then what may happen after that is that the flight state becomes more, flavors our system more. And that's going to be about escape. Flight's about escape. If, if we don't use it as escape, then we feel it as like anxiety uh, or nervousness or, or worrying. Um, but really flight is about escape. And so I, I found it helpful to use the imagination with my clients. Um, there, there's that famous example of Peter Levine and Nancy, his client, where he first, I think, had tried out this idea of, of imagining the, the tiger chasing after her. And just through imagination, she was able to get a, 
a bodily reaction, a physiological reaction of escape and to discharge that that stuck traumatic state that she was in, at least uh, in, in that moment, she was able to do some. I don't think that was the entirety of it. The next thing here to talk about is how to move up from fight. Now, if you're stuck in fight, it's not really an issue of simply using the defensive impulses. Um, that can happen after you're more anchored in safety. So if you're stuck, uh, I mean, yeah, it's, it, it, well, it kind of isn't, it kind of isn't. Yes, ultimately it comes down to, can I listen to my bodily impulses and sensations and be with them mindfully and utilize them and discharge that stuck energy? Yeah, yeah. But if you're stuck, you're stuck for a reason. It's because that capacity, your capacity to do that might be way, way, way less. So if it's stuck or if you're stuck and that fight energy stuck within you, then it's felt, or if it's just kind of lingering there, then it's felt as anger. And that's kind of what, that's what Chris had said earlier on in the, in the message. It's not power, it's anger. It's felt as anger or irritability. Now, once the safety state's active, then it will be experienced as power and motivation uh, competence, confidence, but you have to have the safety state active along with it. And that's what Chris had said earlier was the highest I've ever gotten was the fight state with a dash of safety just recently. And it was amazing. It made me feel on top of the world because of all the fight energy. I kept trying new things and I felt like I was the, <coughs> so exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's, ex that sounds like exactly the experience of what I would say is where my clients or, or us in general, when we have that fight energy active, but a little, all it takes is a little bit, a little bit of the safety state active enough or enough of it to, to, to shift it into a powerful, motivated kind of uh, feeling to feel like I, I can do this. And that feeling of like moving forward toward a goal, maybe it doesn't have to be about repelling back a danger. It can be about uh, or at least like a literal physical danger in front of you. Maybe it's about meeting a goal that you have your mind on and feeling like I can do this. I got this. I feel confident and I'm going to make some steps forward toward my goal, but the safety state has to be active. So for you, if you're stuck in a fight state or flight or even shut down, but we'll focus on fight here, the safety state has to be active. And so we have to build the capacity to feel and to stay in the safety state, even when you're experiencing and talking about and feeling your stuck defensive state, including the fight state, you have to mindfully be able to experience the state, the defensive state that you're in, including the fight state. And then if you can mindfully do so, so if you're in your safety state, and then you can mindfully experience the fight state, then you may be able to experience the sensations and the impulses of, of that state. You may be, able, may be able to use movement or your imagination or even creativity as ways to discharge at, at, least, at least a little bit of time or to build a tolerance to that stuck defensive state. I'm actually working on a course right now. It's called Unstucking Defensive States. Hopefully it's out soon, but that's exactly what I'm going to be focusing on in this course is not just building a safety state, which is what building safety anchors is about. So building safety anchors is about building the safety state, which is extremely important and absolutely necessary for the further work of actually feeling into mindfully being with and being able to tolerate the stuck defensive state, the trauma that, that lives within you. So that's what uh, unstucking defensive states is going to be all about. So head on over to justinlmft.com, sign up for my email list, and you'll know exactly when it's coming out.
And I'll, I'll also announce it here on the podcast as well, of course. Using power, and I think this is really important for, for many of us, and this might be important for you, dear listener. Uh, using power is really important to create healthier boundaries between yourself and others. And I, I know Chris didn't ask about this, but I was kind of throwing that in there. There may be people in your life that need a healthier boundary that you need more space from. So you're not going to like go and punch them, I hope, or, or fight them off or subdue them, I, you know, I hope. But maybe laying out that healthy, solid, clear, powerful boundary like that would, would be needed, but you need to be able to access a sense of power and confidence and motivation to be able to do so, to be able to say what your line is and to be able to get people to back off in your life that need to, that need that. So I just think it's something we could all relate to just putting that out there. The last thing I want to go into from this message from Chris, uh, they said ladder climbing. Oh, they alluded to like ladder climbing or being in the, Utilizing flight is not as good as fight, which could obviously be a, a story full of state, uh, a fight story. But the idea here that I want to express is that ladder climbing is not good. It's not bad. It's not better. It's not worse. It, it is what it is. There, there is no inherent judgment or value evaluation that we should be giving to these things. I know we do. I do. We all do it. But really, when it comes down to it, when we think about it, it it's simply biology. It's sim- all of these things simply serve a function. All of our polyvagal states and mixed states serve a function. It's just biology. These are responses that uh, are hardwired into us, into our DNA, that helped one species or one organism of a species to survive and reproduce, and it got passed on. So it got passed on from one generation to the next. It's built into our DNA. That's it. It's not good. It's not bad. It's not better. It's not worse. It simply is. So I want to encourage all of us to, to start to think about and word things differently, or at least to catch it and, and to maybe challenge yourself to reframe it in a different way. So instead of saying, I feel better, which we all do. Again, like we all do it. So instead of saying, I feel better, I want you to maybe reframe it as I feel a shift happening. And yes, maybe that shift feels better. I, I get it. I get it. I get it. But let's take a step back and try and remove that evaluation. So instead of I feel better, it would be I felt a shift happening. I feel a shift happening. I feel a sense of lightness. I feel an impulse to connect. That's more descriptive of a safety state than just saying I feel better. Okay. Maybe I'm nitpicking, but I think it's a uh, important distinction when it comes to mindfully and and out of curiosity being with our stuck defensive state there's when we say there's a shift happening there's more curiosity there's less evaluation there and then you're able to describe the shift you can actually describe those sensations now the experiences of those shifts uh, yeah they can you, we can describe them as being good or bad i mean just to put it simply i, I totally get it um you know, saying that you feel like you're in pain or something's painful, that's a bad experience, right? We, we, we would call that a bad experience. We would say that expansiveness, climbing our ladder and having a more of a, a sense of expansiveness once we're in our safety state, that or actually any state really, at a shutdown, then we, we would call that a good experience. Yeah, sure. But, you know, it's, it is just an experience. So without the valuation, 
it's, it is just an experience. And I think that's more valuable, more helpful. I think it comes with more curiosity than simply labeling things as good or bad. And when I, when I meet my clients say, you know, I obviously ask, how you doing? And they say, good. And I ask, uh, what does that mean? Uh, you know, I had a good week. I had a bad week. What, what does that mean? Uh, how do you feel right now? I feel bad. It went, in what way? Help me understand what bad means or what it, what it feels like to, to have some sort of bad feeling or experience. And I even work with my clients when they, when they really cannot name how they feel. Sometimes I'll even say, well, is it a good feeling or a bad feeling? So there's a, use, a utility to it. There's a usefulness to that kind of thinking, sure. But maybe you think of that as like a tool to get to the next step. Because whatever you're feeling is not good or bad in, in and of itself. It might, it might be grouped into those categories, but in and of itself, it, it is just an experience. It really is. It is just a biological shift happening that you can mindfully experience and attend to. It's, it's an experience, whether it's, I'd encourage you to not to call it good or bad, but just to say it is what it is and I get to witness it. I get to be, to experience it. I get to describe it maybe, or let my mind create images around what, what that's like for me in my body. All of this thing, I, w- I would say all of this, even that, that nitpicking that I'm doing, all of this is central to polyvagal ladder climbing when we look at things more mindfully versus judgmentally, I think you stand a better chance of climbing your polyvagal ladder. When you're describing versus explaining. So when you're describing, this is how I feel like, I feel like this, a lot of people, a lot of times people say, I feel like this thing in my chest, it's an oval, and they'll start to describe a color of it and, and whatnot. Uh, or I, I feel this emptiness in my in my gut. When we start to describe that's a lot different than explaining. I feel this way because, like, I, what, that has its usefulness, yeah. But let's first, or maybe eventually, uh, begin to describe what you are experiencing, what that's like for you in that moment, versus explaining why it's there. So instead of avoiding what we feel, eventually we'd like to be able, I think, I would encourage us to be able to mindfully actually experience it and be with it. And hopefully with curiosity and interest and uh, a sense of neutrality. So instead of good or bad, uh, it is what it is. And you get to experience it. You get to witness it. Thank you so much for listening, fellow Stuck Knot. I do hope you've learned something new to help you in your process of getting unstuck. If so, um, and you want more, head on over to justinlmft.com. I have free PDFs and there's videos, there's blogs. Um, I also have a couple of courses with a third on the way. I have Polyvagal 101, which teaches the fundamentals of the polyvagal theory. I've got Building Safety Anchors, which helps you to lay a solid foundation of safety in your system. And the next one coming up is Unstucking Defensive States, which is going to help you to more directly, purposefully, and mindfully uh, address, feel, experience, and discharge those stuck defensive states. So head on over to justinlmft.com. Otherwise, bye. Thank you so much for listening. This and other content I create is not therapy, not intended to be therapy or be a replacement for therapy. Nothing in this creates or indicates a therapeutic relationship. Please consult with your therapist or seek for one in your area if you are experiencing mental health symptoms. Nothing should be understood to be specific life advice. It is for educational and entertainment purposes only.